return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. For all your work that you do back there. Hallelujah. The rest of us, let's stand together. Amen. And hopefully you brought your Bible, your, your Bible app on your phone, something. But let's lit, raise our Bible and say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so glad you're here this morning. Uh, it's just good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be around other believers. Iron sharpens iron. Amen. As a friend, some sharpens the countenance of another friend. And so, Glad you're here, and I believe the Lord has something good for us this morning. Amen? So I'm going to talk about, uh, the title of the message is Emmanuel, God with us. Amen? And, and you know that God's will from the beginning of time was to have a relationship and fellowship with his people. And even before time began, it says that um, we, were, he was, we were predestined, we were called, we were chosen. And predestined, Pastor Dave said it before, just means planned. He planned to have a relationship with us. He planned... For everybody to be saved. That was his design. That was his will. Um, and we see that in the Bible multiple times where it says, God wills that none should perish, but all come to the knowledge of the truth. And that word per- perish really means spiritually perish, because we're all going to die naturally, but in the physical. But in the spiritual, uh, we can live. Amen? So when we, when we know Jesus and we receive the salvation of Jesus Christ, we live spiritually. Amen. And so that's God's will, that none should perish, all come to repentance. Amen. So God's will from the beginning of time was to be with his people. When the world was formed and Adam and Eve were created, everyone was supposed to be his. That was what he wanted. Amen. And we can see that, you know, even from, from then, God had a relationship with Adam. So God formed Adam out of the dust of the earth. He formed Eve from Adam's hip, right? Amen. Not hip, yeah. Am I saying that right? No. And uh, and and he fellowshiped with them. Amen. Um, out of his rib. Sorry, I was thinking of the word. I knew it was three letters. Uh, the rib. I have a joke about that. I'm not going to say it tonight or today. But so out of his ribs, hallelujah, rib, hallelujah. And but but Adam had fellowship with God. And God would come down and he would talk with Adam and he would, he would fellowship with him. And, and there was no sin. There was no wrongdoing. They didn't even know what that meant to disobey or to do anything like that. And so God had this relationship and he would talk to him as a friend talks to a friend. Amen. 
And there was no barrier between God and man. There was nothing that would separate Adam from just having a conversation with God. It says in Genesis 3.8 that, uh, that they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, which means there was this fellowship. There was this set time that, kind of like when you make plans with a friend to have coffee, there was a set time that, that they would spend together. Amen? Amen? And there was communication. There was uh, no language barrier. There was no, um, you know, Adam didn't have to pray necessarily to God. God was just there. He was just communing and, and fellowshipping and talking, communicating with Adam. And, but it says after they sinned and when God was looking for him, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God amongst the trees of the garden. Now it says that they were afraid. Well, why were they afraid? I don't think that they were afraid that God was going to punish them. I think they were afraid because they had sin, and they know that in God's presence, we can't, there can't be sin in God's presence, right? We can't come to the Lord as sinful, as sinful people. Okay? But when Jesus died on the cross for us, all that sin was washed away. Amen? And so God was looking for them. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees. And so all of a sudden, they went from fellowshipping with God to not even wanting to be in his presence. They went from this relationship to not wanting to be around him. And this is when the barrier between God and man was created. But it's never been God's will that his presence isn't with us. That's never been how God wanted it. Amen? It's never been that God has, uh, has removed himself from us, right? We removed ourselves from him. Amen. And so we see in the Old Testament that little by little, God quits speaking directly to his people. So even uh, remember when, when Cain and Abel, Cain killed Abel and, and God was still talking to Cain. He was still, he, they, they could still talk. You know, I believe it was audible, audible voice that God was, he could communicate and fellowship. And, uh, and so Little by little, though, God quits quits speaking directly to his people, except by the Old Testament prophets. So even kings of Israel, kings of Judah, they couldn't just talk with God. They had to talk through the prophet of that time. And in Genesis 4, again, he's still speaking. He speaks to Cain. Um, In Genesis 6, he talks to Noah. He speaks to Noah about building the ark. Again, God didn't come in a dream. He came and he communicated If we skip ahead to Exodus and Joshua, we see how the Lord continues to have conversations with Moses. He speaks directly to Joshua when he tells him, do not be afraid. And then something happens. The the tabernacle is built and the presence of God is confined to this ark. Okay, so so they make the Ark of the Covenant and, and we have the tabernacle that moves from place to place with the Israelites. And, and so, even during the time of Moses and Joshua, God wouldn't talk to the people. He talked to Moses, he talked to Joshua for the people, right? And, uh, and so God is confined to this, the presence of God is confined to this Ark of the Covenant and the Holies of Holies. And we, when we reach the kings of Israel and Judah, the Lord's only talking to prophets, to the people. And so, uh, little by little, the relationship deteriorates between God and man, Right? And uh, it's because of man's choices, because of, we, uh, because of the sin that came into the earth, because of the wickedness of the earth, because of the disobedience of man. There's, all the, there's this separation that happened 
that was never in God's perfect plan for our life. And that's why it's hard to say, even in the New Testament, that, that um, you know, when something happens, just to, be, just to say, well, that's God's will, it's not true, because even from the beginning of time, God's perfect will hasn't been carried out because of us, right? Because of mankind. And so, uh, but it's always been God's will to have a relationship with us and to fellowship with us. So in, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, Isaiah is speaking to Ahaz, who's the king of Judah, on behalf of the Lord. And he's speaking to him after Ahaz heard that Israel and Syria were combining to war against Judah. And the Lord said, I'm going to make sure this isn't, I'm going to, this isn't going to happen. This is not going to come to pass, and I'll prove it to you. I'll give you a sign. What sign do you want? Ask anything, a sign, and I will give it to you. And Ahaz said, I will not ask of God or tempt God. And, and we see... You can look at it and say, oh man, look how humble Ahaz Well, it wasn't about humility. It was about disobedience. He was disobe- disobeying God because God said, ask, ask. I- I'm going to give you a sign. Yeah. Okay? And, uh, and so he wasn't trying to be humble. He was being disobedient. But the Lord in his grace and mercy was going to give him a sign anyways. And we see in Isaiah 7:13, Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too small a thing for you to try the patience of men, but will you try the patience of my God as well? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Listen carefully. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And so Israel, the people of God, were this whole time, were wait, they just want, they want a fellowship with God. right? The people of Israel, there was a separation. And so this promise comes, a sign, and it says that, that there's going to be a son born. She's going to call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God's presence. Amen. So you look at the Old Testament, and among, among other things, the design Jesus coming to earth was so that he could once again be in fellowship with man. So he could once again, there'd be no barriers to fellowshipping with him. Amen? Uh, and, and of course, you know, so that eternally we won't be able to fellowship with him. So that when we even pass from this life, we'll, we'll have fellowship with God. Amen? And so we have this first mention of this relationship again with God, that God is going to come down, Jesus is going to come as a baby to be with his people. His name is called Emmanuel, which means God with us. So we, we, we have many years in between when Adam sinned and now, and it's this first mention that there's going to be a Savior. There's going to be, I'm going to come down and I'm going to fellowship with you again. That you're, you're my people, I'm going to fellowship with you. Anybody... You know, later on we know anybody that believes on him will, have, will be able to have this fellowship, this relationship with Jesus. And we know that Jesus was born, all God and all man, to reconcile or to open the door for a relationship. He was the only person who could touch heaven and earth at the same time. Amen. He was the only person that could, could have a hand in heaven and, and speak to God and then speak to us and bring us together. The mediator. Amen. 1 Timothy 2.3 says, it says, uh, This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And I like that word, at, I like that phrase, at just the right time. Because we might ask, you know, I've asked myself, well, why didn't, Jesus come when, you know, at the time of Ahaz. 
Why did, why did God want to wait? Well, we might not understand everything about that, but we know that Jesus came at the exact time that he was supposed to come. That there was a reason that Jesus came when he did. Amen? And so, he, this message God gave to the world at just the right time. So Jesus, again, he did this for everybody. Amen? Sometimes it's easy to think, um, you know, I don't know about anybody else, but it's easy to think, well, maybe you have this status or that, um, you know, we're, we're special because we know Jesus. And really the only reason, the only way we're special or the only thing that sets us apart is because we know Jesus. Amen? Not anything that we did except for just receiving the salvation, having faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. But he did it for the whole world. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And we want to we wanna understand that, uh, that God wants a relationship and he wants to fellowship with everybody. Amen. That's why you have unbelievers that get dreams of God, they get visions of Jesus, because he wants that relationship, he wants that fellowship. Amen. He doesn't just speak, he doesn't just speak to Christians. Amen. He, even, he speaks to unbelievers. He speaks to those who don't know him. Amen. We were just talking, Pastor Dave and I were talking just about how long-suffering God is. And, and people that don't know him, atheists, might live until they're 95, 100 years old. Um, I was looking up, you know, Stephen, so Stephen Hawking was a well-known atheist. And he had uh, ALS, he had Lou Gehrig's disease. And I looked, and, and the average, half the people that have that disease... Um, they live about 18 months. He lived 55 years after he was diagnosed with ALS. 55 years. He died when he was in his 70s. And I think, wow, just how good God is. You know, he just doesn't want anybody to perish, but I'll come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen? And that's just amazing to me. That's amazing to me. So he did this for everyone, and he wants a relationship with everyone. But this wasn't possible until Jesus died. Right? Because Jesus was one man, he came to earth, he, he lived, but Jesus could only be in one spot at a time. He could only fellowship with a group of people here. You know, if he was in Jerusalem, those in Samaria didn't see him, right? Um, the Holy Spirit uh, hadn't been poured out for everybody yet. Jesus was, was a man on earth, amen. And so, uh, so when Jesus died... Um, the Bible says the veil of the Holy of Holies was torn from top to bottom. So when Jesus passed away, when he died on the cross, the veil was torn from top to bottom. And what that really symbolizes is, is that uh, the presence of God was no longer confined to the Holy of Holies. The presence of God was for everybody at that point. Amen? Not only, not only could... Uh, we go into the holies of holies and, and go into the presence of God, but the presence of God could come out to us. That's why it says in the Bible, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Amen? Because when we draw near to Jesus, he's going to draw near to us because he wants that relationship. He wants that relationship. And now, and now it's available, right? When Jesus died, available. Amen? And so, uh, let's see, where am I here? So it's torn from top to bottom. There's no longer a barrier between us and the presence of God. For 400 years, so you think about this, you know, from, from Malachi, from the last book of the Old Testament, um, from, from then until the birth of Jesus, there was, there was no communication. There was nothing. 
right? And you know, you can look at other other scrolls and other books, but we, you know, this is the this is the one that the Lord gave us. Amen. So we want to make sure that everything that we read is just supplementary to the Word of God. And so for 400 years, we go from having no access to God's presence to having unlimited access to God's presence. Amen. Amen. So the Lord can, the Holy Spirit can speak to me at the same exact time that it, time that He can speak to you. And because of this, we understand that his presence never leaves us. Amen. So like we can, you can be having the worst day um, you feel of your life, and, and the Holy Spirit is with you. The presence of God is with you. Amen. He's helping you. He's guiding you. He's speaking to you. Amen. Amen. Psalm 23.4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So if you're in a valley right now, we don't have to ask God, where are you? Because the Bible says that uh, he is with us even in the valley of the shadow of death. We will fear no evil. We don't have to be afraid. Amen? He, because he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's ever present with us. Amen? The, in the Old Testament, Jehovah Shammah is, is the Lord is present. I say is he's the God of there. Wherever you are, there he is. Amen. Amen. And where, whatever circumstance you find yourself in, he's in the same circumstance. He's with you. Amen. 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 He's with you at your highest points and he's with you at your lowest points. Yes. Yeah. I think of when Jesus, you know, he, he, he um, the dove lands on him and, he's, and, Jesus, and the Lord says, this is my um, son whom I'm well pleased. Right, and then he goes out. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Goes out into the wilderness, and he's being tempted. And God is with him during that whole time. And then you see when Jesus, towards the end of his life, when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying to God, and he's saying, "Lord, if this cup can pass from me, let it pass. But not my will, but yours be done." God was with him. God was with him through this whole time. Amen. And God is with us. Amen. Jesus, the presence of the Holy Spirit is with you right now. Yes. Amen. I don't know if we're going to, at the end, we're going we're gonna to do this a little bit, but I don't know if you've just closed your eyes and just imagined the presence of God in your life. Or just, just, just even tried to wrap your hand, head around the fact that Jesus is inside of you. Yes. The Holy Spirit is in the inside of you. It's pretty powerful. Amen. It brings peace. Amen. And so, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't fear his rod and his staff comfort us. We don't have to be afraid of the things that happen in life. We don't have to be afraid. God bless you. We don't have to be afraid of death. Amen. We don't have to be afraid of things to come. We don't have to be afraid of the future. Right? Our comfort isn't dictated by our circumstances. Our joy shouldn't be dictated by our circumstances. Our peace shouldn't be dictated by our circumstances, but by knowing the presence of the Lord is always with us. That He's always with us. It's something we don't have to question or second guess. We don't want to second guess the Word, do we? There's a certain things in the Bible that, that it says it, and there's no, no need for interpretation. It, just, it means what it means. So when Jesus says He's always with us, when, when the Bible says that Jesus never leaves us and He never forsakes us, forsake us we don't have to second guess that. We don't have to question, like, well, what does that mean? No, it means what it means. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. Amen? Amen. Huh. 
Joshua 1.9, when he's talking to Joshua, he said, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. You know, we, we live in this uh, new covenant. And, and Jesus, when, he, when God said this in the old covenant, we're now we're in a new covenant. A better covenant established on what? Better promises. Amen? Better promises. So, if this was true under the old covenant... Well, certainly this is true under the new covenant. Better promises. And so, what's better than the presence of the Lord being with us? You know, in the old covenant it was, the presence of the Lord is going to go with you wherever you go. What's, what's better in the new covenant? Well, not as the, only is the presence of the Lord going with us, but He's going in us. Amen? That's a better promise. Amen? He's not just on the outside, He's not just walking with us, but He's actually inside of us. You are the carrier of the presence of God. You carry the presence of God. Hallelujah. Because when Jesus died, the Holy Spirit came. John 14 says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So, in verse 17, For he dwells with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. Amen. Again, you, you walk with the presence of God on your life. You walk with the favor of God on your life. Amen. So, as believers, not only do we have the presence of God around us, but his presence, his, presence, his Holy Spirit is always with us is always in us. The Bible says we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. And just think the temple, the Holy of Holies, housed the presence of God. So if we're the temple of the Holy Ghost, again, just confirming this, that if we're the the temple, that means that we have the presence of God in us. Amen. And so Jesus, when Jesus came down and he was born, uh, it it went from uh, no... Fellowship or no pre- uh, no presence with people to all of a sudden God is with you, Amen. Emmanuel is with you. God is always with us, Amen. Yes. He's always with us. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We can be confident because the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, because of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. That's why we can be confident. That's why we can be at peace. That's why we can. Uh, not fear. Amen? That's why we can have faith. Because of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. People are healed and set free um, when we talk to them. Not because of us, but because of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's why the Bible says nothing is impossible with God. That's why the Bible says we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Not because of anything that I can do, but because of what Jesus can do because of what the Holy Spirit on the inside of me can do. Amen. We don't want to get it in our mind that that um, I have this quote unquote healing power of my own, right? But we want to understand that I can be used as a vessel, but it's the Holy Spirit who has the power. He gave us the power. Amen. Through Jesus' name, through the name of Jesus. Remember when the seven sons of Shiva tried to. Uh, tried to cast out demons, and he said, I exercise you by the name of Jesus, 
of whom Paul preaches. And uh, what happened? Was there any power in that declaration? There was no power, right? Why? Because the presence of God wasn't on the inside of them. They didn't. They weren't believers. They weren't saved. They uh, knew of Jesus, but didn't know Jesus. Didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Amen. Dare I say everybody in this room knows Jesus and is a believer of Jesus Christ. And what does the demon say? They say, um, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? Right? Well, you can use, you can put your name on any of these in, in, in this situation, right? Reed, I know. Paul, I know. Dave, I know. Amen. Stephanie, I know. But who are you? So we're, as this carrier of the Holy Spirit, we have access to this unlimited power that the Holy Spirit works in our life and works in other people's life. Let's go to Acts 3, verse 1. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. In verse 4 there, if I have it. So verse 4 says, And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive from something from them. And Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have. But notice that he says, But what I do have I give to you. What I do have I give to you. What's on the inside of me I give to you. The power that I've been endowed with by the Holy Spirit, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. We go skip over to Acts 11, or 3.11. It says, Now as the lame man who was healed um, held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So when Peter saw this, he responded to the men, to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? So we see in the beginning part of this that, that the man was healed and Peter said, I don't have silver or gold, but I have the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, right? In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And then we go over to verse 12 and he said, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look at me or at us as though by our own power our only godliness, we had made this man walk. You see, these healings, you know, that, that's why everybody's so odd and, and just, uh, uh, they're so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they just can't believe the miracles that are happening uh, because there was the separation for years, for 400 years, that there, there wasn't anything that we could say that we could look at you know, in the word that would say, wow, look how God was moving there, right? But then all of a sudden, Jesus comes and dies on the cross, and the Holy Spirit on the inside of Peter and John comes, and and the power of the Holy Spirit comes and falls on people, and people are just amazed and astonished. They're astonished. They haven't seen the presence of God like this in a long time, right? Even when Jesus was preaching, he said, wow, Who is this guy? He preaches as somebody who has authority. Amen. You have authority because of the Holy Spirit. You have authority 
to lay hands on the sick and they recover. You have authority to uh, to pray over somebody for them to be healed, to for them to be set free. Jesus, what did what did it say about Jesus? That Jesus, he was anointed to preach the gospel, to set liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. Those are all things that are promises for you too. Amen. Amen. Because if, they, if Jesus was anointed and Jesus lives on the inside of you, then you're anointed to do, the, to the, do those things as well. Amen. Amen. So it wasn't Peter and John, it was the Holy Spirit in Peter and John. It's not me, it's the Holy Spirit in me. Peter and John were willing, in the presence of God, the Holy Spirit healed the lame man. So when we pray for people, lay hands on them and they recover, it's the Holy Spirit who heals them. It's God with us who heals them. Amen. Emmanuel. Acts 5. 14 says, And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter, just the shadow of Peter passing by, might fall on some, some of them. Now, was there anything special about Peter's shadow? It was a shadow, wasn't it? What was, what was, what was the, the special part about that? The Holy, the, he was a carrier of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. He was a carrier. Again, it wasn't because of Peter. It wasn't because he had this magnificent shadow. You know, or, or he was ten feet tall and his shadow cast long or anything like that. No, it was the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. How do we activate the Holy Spirit in our life? So, I think, you know, especially the early church, you know, being with Jesus and, and understanding some of these things about, about faith knew, okay, how do we activate the Holy Spirit in our life? Well, faith, right? They exercise their faith. Hebrews 11.23 says, Jesus answered and said, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. So, we activate the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, through faith. Because, because, remember even before this, in Hebrews 11, in the preceding verses, they asked, Lord, give us more faith. Increase, increase our faith. And uh, I think this is the same, might be a different um, passage, same kind of thing here. But uh, God's just not going to increase your faith. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So as we read the Word, that's how our faith increases. Amen. And activating our faith is just acting on what the Bible says. What does the Bible say? We can lay hands on the sick and they recover. Well, I'm going to act on that. I'm going to put my faith into that, into what the Bible says, into what the Scripture says. Amen. Again, not because of my own power, because we serve a God who is with us and in us. Amen. Emmanuel, God with us. <clears throat> Have faith in God. And I love that it says that if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and you believe those things that you say will be done, he will have whatever he says. So, we can do it. We, you know, God uses us. We, we're the ones speaking to the mountain. But the power of Jesus Christ comes through us. Amen. You're the one speak. If you have, if there's an illness or something going on, you're the one that your faith has, has to be built up, right. right? 
to speak to that mountain, to speak to what's going on. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, you know, there's things that happen. We don't know why. I'm not saying that, um, you know, anybody that passes away at a young age or anything like that didn't have faith. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that when you recognize that the Holy Spirit is in the inside of you, and you have faith, and you, and you proclaim the Word of God, amen, big things are going to happen in your life. Amen. Good things are going to happen in your life. Yep. Amen. So I'm a carrier of the Holy Spirit, but by faith, I allow the Holy Spirit to work in my situation to a greater degree. Amen? So you can be walking through life, and you can, maybe you have a really good life. Maybe things are going well. But when you activate the Holy Spirit in your life, He's going to work in your situation to a greater degree. If you have a good life, He's going to make it a great life. No matter what your circumstances. Again, this doesn't have anything to do with what's going on doesn't have anything to do with, uh, with um, the, the storm that I'm in. Or, the, or maybe you're not in a storm. Maybe things are going really well. Yeah. No, we, we don't find comfort in our circumstances. Yeah. We find comfort in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah. If we want to do things on our own, he'll let us do that. If we want to just do things under our own power, he's going to let us do that. Mm. If we choose to have anxiety instead of peace, we can you want to have anxiety, he's going to let you have anxiety. But when we put our faith in Jesus, amen, we understand that God isn't just up here in the heavens waiting for a request from us or anything like that. We understand that he's actually down in us, amen, we can have peace. When we, active, uh, when we actively fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and when I say actively fellowship, I mean we have a two-way relationship, amen. Because anybody knows that um, even an earthly relationship, if just one person is communicating, it's not a, probably a very good relationship, is it? Right. Yeah. You need both, both parties communicating. Um, so if we have this active fellowship with the Holy Spirit, this two-way relationship, that's when peace will come. That's when joy comes. That's when uh, prosperity comes. That's when you don't have to worry about the finances for the month. That's when uh, you can have a good relationship with your friends, your family, whoever you want to have a relationship with. That's when joy comes. All the fruits of the Spirit. You can always walk in the fruits when you recognize the Holy Spirit. God's presence is always with you. Amen? You know the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Amen? So all of those fruits can be yours, and you can actively uh, show them in your everyday life because the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. The fruits of the Spirit, amen? So you have the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. You have those inside of you. Pastor David has said before, a gift you give and fruits you grow. I'm sure others have said it before too, right? A gift you give, but fruit you have to grow. So as you read the word, faith increases, amen, and those Fruits inside of you are going to grow. Have you ever been around somebody who has a calming presence? You just, you've been around them and you just feel like, wow, you just feel peaceful. And my, you know, my mom is, is somebody like that where I can be around her and just, you know, I can maybe relax a little bit or, you know, others in my life too. But just growing up, you know, my mom would just always have this calming presence. And, 
you feel more at ease when you're with them, yep. you know. Um, well, the presence of God is always with you. Yep. Amen. Amen. And He's the, the, the most calming presence you're ever going to have. Yep. That's right. Amen. Yeah. So allow the presence of God to work in your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to work yeah. in you. Yeah. Jesus came, was born, and died so we could experience the presence of God all the time. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's part of many reasons why we celebrate His birth. There's a lot of reasons we celebrate why Jesus came, but one of the reasons is, wow, we can be with Jesus all the time now. He can have his presence in us all the time. I can have peace all the time. That doesn't seem possible. With God, all things are possible. Amen? Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So just real quick, I want you to close your eyes, okay? And I just want you to think about the presence of God in you. I want you to think about the Holy Spirit in you. What does that mean to you? What does that mean? What do you feel? Amen. When I did this, when I was studying, I just, I just felt this warmth come over me. Kind of like I was invincible. So what does it mean? What does it mean for you that his presence is on the inside of you? You know, when we focus on God, we're not focusing on our problems. We focus on the Holy Spirit. So right now, don't think about any of your problems. Don't think of anything going on in your life. Just think of the fact that we serve Emmanuel, God with us, God in us. Amen. The presence of God brings peace. If you don't have peace, as you close your eyes and relax in his presence, you can have that right now. You can have that today. You can walk in peace. Have you felt uh, alone or anxious? Just think about how the Holy Spirit comforts us. How he never leaves us. How he's always there for us. Thank you, Jesus. Another thing that I, that I just, as I'm doing it now, even um, that any, any sin that I've committed in the past or anything like that, I can just, it's almost like I can see it just washing away. Yeah. Just washing away. Any, any dirt, you know, if you're you know, really dirty and you, and you, uh, and you get hosed down, you can see the dirt just washing away. Yep. That's what his presence has done for us. You, That's what the Holy Spirit has done yes, for us. That's what Jesus did Thank for you. us. Thank you, There's an innocence to the presence of God. There's an innocence to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Think about the comfort and peace the Holy Spirit brings. Like I said, when I did this, when I was always studying, I just had this warm feeling. I felt like nothing could touch me. Nothing could penetrate me. Amen. Like I should always be able to walk in this peace. I thought, why am I not always walking in this? Why am I always, you know, we don't go by feelings, but why am I not always feeling this? 
the life comes, right? But when we just take a take, when we just take a moment, when we just take a moment just to think about the presence of God in our life, when we just take a moment to think about uh, the fact that He's inside of us, I hope it brings you comfort. Yeah. It should bring you comfort. It should bring you peace. Amen. If you don't have peace in your heart, um, I encourage you to, to do this. Do this a lot. Yep. Just think about Jesus. Because yep. we serve the Prince of Peace. Amen. So when we think about him, we're thinking on peaceful things. Yep. All right. So I got one last thing here before we close. So I just want you to repeat after me. It's kind of a, kind of a declaration, kind of a prayer. I wrote it down because I did. I didn't want to just uh, pray off the cuff and, and not make sense. So, repeat after me. Say, Lord, thank you for your presence. I believe that I carry it everywhere I go. Because your presence goes with me. I never have to be afraid. I know you will never leave me nor forsake me. I will have peace in every situation because you're always with me through the Holy Spirit in me. I will never doubt that you're always there because that's what your word says. And I believe your word over my circumstances. Thank you again for always being with me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You just feel, is there, do you feel a peace, Peggy? Yeah. Just the chorus. Why don't you stand up with us this morning? Amen. We're just going to listen to the Holy Spirit and end it how He wants to end it. Just let these words wash over you. 
Thank you. I just pray a blessing over everybody here this morning that you can have that peace. That peace goes with you. It doesn't have to be left to the church. That that peace can go with you throughout your day, throughout your week, the rest of your year. Lord, we just thank you for all that you do. We thank you that you're you're blessing us so much. And we give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord. And and, uh, we just can't say enough of how much you mean to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So be blessed as you go. Uh, Have a great day, and you are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.